This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today I've got a great interview for you. Um, I've got Brian Diamond from Quality Home Exteriors in Omaha, Nebraska. Brian, welcome. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Um, Hey, Brian, before we get into it, I want to tell everybody that's listening, if you haven't done so already, go to thewealthycontractor.com. Put in your name and email, and um, you're going to get a bunch of resources. If you like the podcast, there's a bunch of other stuff that we offer um, that you don't have to pay for. Um, and so, you know, the goal is just to help you make better leads, sell more jobs, make more money, and live your best life. So go to thewealthycontractor.com. All right. So, Brian. And Brian is another Brian with an I, so uh, this might get a little confusing here. There's been a, a few of us on uh, on this uh, on the podcast, but um, let's start with your story. Give everybody the, the you know the one or two minute version of your story. Yeah, sure. So I had uh, I'd always grown up in the home improvement industry. Both my parents, my mother worked in in the home improvement field and kind of the admin capacity, bookkeeping and office manager, my father for various companies and sales and sales management. So I kind of grew up hearing stories about um, just the industry and really kind of fell in love with it. And uh, they both independently opened up their own businesses at, at different points in their lives. And uh, sometimes they did well and, and sometimes they, they didn't. And so I got to learn, you know, some of the practices that they employed that really did well. And I also got to see some of the mistakes they made. Um, but growing up, you know, I, uh, when I was able to start getting a job of my own, I, I didn't want to work for mom and dad, uh, but I loved the industry. So I um, started working for local home improvement companies and uh, small mom and pop shops and eventually worked my way up into working into more corporate um, nationwide organizations and learning really how to do home improvement at a, at a grand scale. Um, so it was probably around 2013. Uh, the company I've been working with for eight years um, had a buyout, uh, private equity investment, and um, some things changed in the company. And so I felt that you know I'd learned quite a bit. I'd been in home improvement at that point for, gosh, probably 12 years, and thought you know this this company that my parents had started many years ago, Quality Home Exteriors, in 2001, uh, as they both became ill at some point, um, kind of went dormant, and I thought it would be a great time to resurrect it. And so in 2013, um, I took that corporate background, that experience and things that I had learned and really um, uh, kind of melded the two companies together. My, my parents' company was really focused on um, just relationships, kind of a grassroots um, kind of feel to it. And, uh, and I really liked that, uh, that connectivity that they had to their customers and made really great lifelong friends from the relationships that they built. And so I thought if I could take that same kind of feeling that they were able to incorporate uh, that culture that they created 
and then meld that with kind of that corporate infrastructure, the processes and procedures uh, that make sure, sure things run well, it'll be a really good fit. So in 2013, I spent six months kind of developing the company, working on the processes, procedures, forms, SOPs, um, just built out the organization from a paper and process standpoint, uh, and then started hiring people in January 2014. We sold our first job, and off we went. Nice. So um, 2014, how many um, – well, first off, what are the products that you sell? So primarily, most of our business is Windows. Uh, it's about 48% of our business. Um, siding takes up probably another 30% or so. Um, then we also do roofing as well, and, and uh, now we're getting into – one day bath conversions. We just started that this year. Great. So we're excited for that. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want to come, I'm actually want to come back to the one day bath thing. Um, a little bit later. How many salespeople do you have? Uh, currently at this point we have four sales guys. Yeah. Four. Awesome. Do you still run leads? I don't, I haven't run leads since uh, probably end of 2014. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute. Didn't you start the business in 2014? I did. So uh, right off the bat, um, part of the reason I spent that six months developing out the processes and procedures, I did a, a five-year business plan. I had pro formas almost on a weekly projection for five years, and the intent was to be able to scale quickly. I didn't want to be in the middle of getting a lot of traction and needing more employees and not knowing how I was going to train them or what their comp plan was going to look like or um, where they fit in the org chart. I wanted to have that laid out. So it allowed me to kind of slot people into our processes pretty quickly. That's interesting. Cause you know that that's not how most companies start. Most businesses do not start with <clears throat> six hours of planning, let alone right. months <laughs> right. of planning. Um, and, and not to knock anybody. Look, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody. It's some of us got to do, you know, you got to mm -hmm. do what you got to do. Um, but putting together, the systems and the processes and having that vision of where we're going to go is, you know, it, I think it goes back to that kind of that, that whole ax story that's always told if you had, you know, whatever, four hours to chop down the tree, you'll spend three hours sharpening the ax. It's kind right. of like that deal, right? So, I, I, so the reason I asked you about that, about not running leads is why don't you run leads? Well, I want to spend most of my time working on the business and working in the business. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's how we've been able to scale reasonably quickly those first three years. I think we had 392% growth from the sales side um, is because, you know, it's, it's me spending my time developing and making sure these processes are working well and really serving my employees. Uh, making sure that if they're having challenges in their own position and they're learning along with everybody else as a new kind of infant company, uh, that I'm able to back them up and support them. And I can't do that if I'm focused on running appointments. Right. And that's the thing that holds a lot of people back is that they just get stuck in. So if you come from, you know, we, you know, we get into the home improvement business from two sides. We either come in from the sales side or from the production side. Typically the guys that build companies come from, and I say guys loosely, I, you know, men and women, um, but people, I should say, that come in from the sales side are typically the ones that build companies that'll make it, you know, a, a past a million dollars in sales. Right. The guys on the production side, unfortunately for them, it's much, much harder to make that 
that shift because they're so focused on production. Yeah, and I think it's for, from to that point. You know, when I, when I look at the business, I'm always thinking of sales and marketing first. Yeah, and then we'll we'll catch up on the production side and right. and forecast what our needs are going to be and make sure we're recruiting and getting relationships on that production side. But yeah, if you're coming from production, I think the challenge is everybody's thinking about how do they execute the the final product without getting the front end sales and the marketing figured out to be able to fill the pipeline to execute it. Yeah. So they get stuck in the mud a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, so you and I actually met a few months back at the Qualified Remodeler um, event. My, a um, uh, couple guys on my team know you very well. And, and um, I heard the name, Brian Diamond, Brian, oh, Brian, me, Brian, you got to meet Brian Diamond. You, you really like this guy. And we met and we started talking. We immediately went to talking about process and, and system because that's that's really the the if there is a secret ingredient which is not so secret but if there was a secret ingredient to growing a company that serves you rather than you serving it it really is the processes and the systems so let's go into that because I know you are an absolute master at creating the processes and the systems and then monitoring them and improving them and tweaking them. So I guess what might be an interesting exercise here is can you walk us through how you develop a system or a process in your business? And also you mentioned SOPs. Um, please give a definition of what SOP stands for, but um, can we start like all the way back at the beginning and kind of walk through what that looks like, what the process of creating a process looks like? Yeah, sure. So, you know, SOP is a standard operating procedure. And for me, those are the rules or the boundaries in which we're going to operate. And, and that way, everybody has a clear picture of, of what that looks like. Um, I think one of the challenges for organizations is there's not a definitive um, kind of flag and a stake in the ground, right, that says this is how we're going to do business. And so for me, creating an SOP or creating a, a procedure and then SOPs behind it, um, the process is, one, I work my way backwards. So I always say, what's the end result? What are, what are we actually trying to accomplish, the end game? And then I, <clears throat> I think about what are all the parts and pieces that we have to accomplish to get there? Um, I'll actually open up what I call a mind map and start to kind of create um, this map of what those steps look like and, and little bubbles, right? And they all have their children and, and their siblings. And we'll say, okay, well, who's going to actually execute this? This is something that needs to be done, but who's going to be in charge of being the champion for this particular thing? Um, and then how am I going to train them? Something else I think about, if I do I need to train the person how to, so they already have the skill set, is the task that I'm asking this person to do, is that really their strength? Um, you know, I have, if I have somebody very detail-oriented, but this is really a creative uh, kind of task, um, do I maybe need to shift who I'm asking to, to partake in this? Um, so once I, Hey, yeah, Brian, sorry to interrupt you, but let's, let's just, let me interrupt you for just a minute. So I want to go back to something that you just said is mind map. So I'm also a big, big user of mind maps. Mind maps are a way for us 
entrepreneur types and many of the people listening to this are probably you know entrepreneur types like uh, like you and me where we've got a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts and it's we need a way to um, visually um, put those into some sort of list or format that we can use mm-hmm. what's amazing about mind maps is that you start with a bubble like like uh, Brian just said you start with a bubble in the middle so for example I just did this recently I just hired a, a, a guy to help me with marketing for G4 you know it's kind of like that whole thing of you know the the thing you do for other people you do really well but you might not necessarily do it that well so i i really i wanted to bring in a real pro but what i needed to do was i needed to give him everything that was in my head all of the ideas all of the everything that we're currently doing and so what a mind map allows you to do is to take those ideas and 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 put them out instead of a list which is, to me, is painful. It's just sitting there making a list. But when you work with a mind map, um, you actually see the relationships between the ideas. So, for example, you know, like with marketing, let's say a big part of our thing is events. Other people's events or our own events. So, I put a new bubble called events. And then under that bubble, I can put, you know, the different events that we do. And then on those bubbles, I can put notes about each of the events that we do. And so um, a really good resource for that, and I'll make sure that we put it in the show notes. Which one do you use? Which system? Uh, bubble. Huh? Bubble. Bubble.us. B-U-B-B-L dot U-S. Dot U-S. Okay. I use one called... I think it's called, I use free mind. Okay? okay. Concepts the same. All right. So, but we'll, we'll give people access to both of those things. Okay. So sorry. I just, I just mind maps to me, you kind of went over that real quick, but I think that if, if, if the person listening has never been exposed to a mind map and they hate making lists <laughs> or, you know, trying to figure out these big complex things, mind maps are an incredible way to start. Well, the thing I love about the mind map is that when you're using the resources that we have, you can share it with everyone and you can request input and it's really a working document that everybody can collaborative in, you know, all the different uh, people involved in that process or that, that mind map. Um, So it's nice to be able to get that together and then share it with everyone and get that collaborative kind of um, flow from your team and creating that. So that's a great resource. Cool. All right. So sorry. So I, I just, I, I, I really wanted to say that about the mind map. So, okay. We, um, so you start with the end in mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what I want the thing to look like. And then, um, and then, uh, uh, sorry, go from, go from there again. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things we've been working on recently, I'll, I'll use that as an example is we wanted to really think about how, do we maximize the contacts, the leads that we have? Um, we're going to have one shows. We're going to have one uh, one legs. Um, we're going to have no shows, one legs. Appointments that we go to where uh, we don't get through an entire presentation. Maybe there's a sale afterwards, whatever the case. So just how do we keep engaged? So I created a mind map, and the first one was we primarily use canvassing. Once we hit canvassing, 
uh, what's the next step, is that we want to send out a text message to that person, letting them know we're going to be in contact shortly. Um, the other one is a text message with the description of the representative who's going to be getting in touch with them. And then get them into our email system because we capture their email at the door and uh, get them into a contact list. So the next step is now they're in our CRM and we're going to call them through our call center. So there's no answer. That happens sometimes. But then what's the next step? So if we don't get in touch with that person and maybe we're having a hard time getting in contact with them, are there other things that we can do to make sure that we stay in front of that person, that we stay top of mind? So we'll say, okay, for example, we want to email them uh, some information or maybe a text message. Hey, we missed you. Uh, we tried to get in contact with you. We missed you. You know, Please call us back. So we create this mind map. And the next thing then is if we said we're going to send a text message that says, hey, we missed you, we need to actually create and craft that text message. Then there's testing that comes behind it. If we send this text message, what is the percentage of people that are actually going to then get back in touch with us? Does that increase our contact rate? Um, do we need to maybe try two different text messages, the format of them, um, emails, the frequency? So we're always really testing our procedures. We're testing our processes to see if we're actually getting the result that we're looking for. And you have to have that metric. You have to have that KPI that says this is what success looks like. So here our initial thing is how do we make sure that we are staying top of mind, increasing our contact rate out of the call center, increasing our conversion rate, increasing our ability to recapture appointments that were missed, and what percentage does success mean? And then now that we have that process in place, we have the right people in place, they know how to execute those procedures and processes because we've trained them, we've given them documentation. Now we have to measure it. And if we're not hitting the KPIs or procedures or the things that we're looking for, we need to go back and we need to dive in a little bit and say, where's our first test at? Where along this chain can we see that there's a break, there's an expectation or a, a result that we did not expect? Um, and then go back and start to test and break it down into little chunks. Um, now, if you're in the middle of running leads or, or grinding away at your business, you're the guy with the hammer out swinging it, that sounds a little daunting. Um, but what I used to do when I started the business, I did that up front, but I'll tell you, in the last five years that I've been doing this, every week, every month, there's something that comes up that says, you know what, we, we've got to fix that. We've got to get better at that. Our, our business evolves. And so what I've learned is it's just getting teammates, getting your team involved and getting that feedback and delegating some of those things out to whatever uh, aligns with their strengths. Um, so we've so, just learned end in mind, create your mind map, get your processes in place, figure out what those little tasks are, uh, assign those responsibilities and duties to where their strengths lie, uh, and then continually test until you get the result that you're looking for. Let's stop here and take a quick break. Do you want a steady stream of referrals coming into your business? Do you want a system that gets your customers to come back to you to buy more of your products and services? How about more five-star reviews on the sites that matter like Google, Facebook, and Better Business Bureau? Of course you do. G4 Marketing Group has been doing all of that for home improvement companies just like yours since 2009. Want to see if we can do the same for you? 
just go to www.g4marketing.com and schedule a free Wealthy Contractor Strategy Session. That's www.gfourmarketing.com. Now let's get back to this episode. So that is, that. that's amazing. It's a great explanation and, and um, almost tutorial on how to create it. But there's a ton to unpack from that. Sure. So, so let's, let's start to unpack some of this. So what I really like uh, about what you said is, and, and you focused on one system in particular, and that is, you know, from creating a lead to actually running the lead um, and, and beyond what happens. So as a, as a business owner, you've got to think about that customer journey. You've got to think about from the very, very first interaction you have with that customer or prospect all the way through to job completion and, and beyond. And each piece of that needs to be a process or a system that can be trained, tested, measured, and, and tweaked. And I'm using your, I'm using your language here. Mm-hmm. So you said, in particular, you were talking about, okay, we go and we knock on a door, okay? You don't just go and knock on a door. Your people have something to say when the door is answered, correct? 100%, yeah. Yeah. So scripting is a huge part of building systems and processes. And I think it's a place where people may get stuck because it's like, okay, well, what do I say? What is the right thing to say? How do I come up with the right thing to say? And what's funny is in a lot of cases, all they would have to do is take their phone, put on record and put it in their back pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. And there you go. There's, (laughs) there's your script. Like if you do canvassing, well, or if you do shows and events well, or if you yourself answer the phone well, then you record yourself and that might be a good place to start. How did you, how did you in particular write all of those scripts? Did you do it yourself? Yeah. So some, you know, I had gleaned from my experience working in other companies and kind of took parts and pieces that really fit what we were doing. You know, it's, it's funny, we just had um, learned in our call center that we needed to create some different scripts, right? And so literally the, the call center manager and myself sat down at my desk and we had our phone out and we hit voice notes and literally started running through different iterations of the script and we'd rebuttal each other and come up with objections and then hit stop and we'd play it back and we go, no, that was terrible. We got to do that, right? Yeah. And we'd start over. So like you said, it's literally that simple. And what I always thought about was what would somebody have to say to me at the door to get me engaged? Because I'm the most cynical, right? I'm already diagnosing everything. I go to a car dealership or go to a furniture store and I'm like, oh, that's a warm up and that's a pre-close and that's a price impression thing he's doing. So what would somebody have to say to me to get me engaged and want to hear what they have to say and then get me interested enough to give them my contact information or set an appointment? And that's where I start. If you ran into somebody at the grocery store, 
and they said, oh, I, I see that you do exteriors. What do you do? What would you say to them? How would you tell them about your company? Yeah. There's your script right there. It's really that simple. Yeah. And so for some people though, and, and again, let's just say for some people, yes, that might be simple because they might be very good at it. Um, but for some people, it might not be so simple. So what do those people do? So my, what I tell people is, look, the bit, this business primarily, you know, most of the people that I talk to on, on this podcast are guys like you, replacement, you know, um, yeah. windows, roofing, siding, one day bath, some plumbing, some HVAC. Um, but, you know, there's a little mix of home service and, 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 um, and selling in the house. When you're looking at businesses like that, which are basically sales and marketing businesses, it's not, you know, sure. contractors, you know, that do remodels and do additions and do kitchens where design build, that's a totally different animal. Um, but businesses like this are really sales and marketing businesses. And there's hundreds of them around the country. And the successful ones are all really kind of designed the same way. Mm -hmm. And so you, the listener, if you are uncomfortable with putting the scripts together or how to put a good script together, guess what? There are a hundred other companies out there that are doing that piece of the business well. If, if I'm, I'm here in Florida, you're in Omaha, Nebraska. I have a home improvement company, you know, just like yours. We sell the same thing. If I was to call you, Brian Diamond, and say, hey, Brian, I got a couple of questions about what you say in a text message or what you say when the phones are answered. Would you help me? Oh, 100%. Exactly, right? We don't compete. So what does it hurt for you to help me? And a lot of people don't get that. And that's one of the big things. I, I know you're a big listener of this podcast. And you've heard me say this over and over and over and over again. And I, I'm going to keep saying it until people start actually like, you know, not making this so hard on themselves is call somebody, pick up the phone, call your window uh, rep and ask them who in a neighboring town or who in the next state over is where I want to be and go call them. Ask them if you can come and learn from them, and many of them will be open to the idea. I've got a lot of really good relationships I've established locally from just what you said. Our local supplier had somebody come to them and say, who's really, you know, who's really got the lead gen in the wintertime figured out because I get so slow. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, go, go talk to Brian over at Quality Home Exteriors. He seems to stay pretty busy. We get pretty substantial, steady orders from him in the wintertime. Yeah. And the guy called me up and, and we have a great relationship. One of the things I did early on, I, I found out uh, coming from a large organization, um, I had a lot of support. I had a big team behind me. And being an entrepreneur, I learned within months that it is an extremely lonely endeavor. And you only know what you know. And as an entrepreneur, uh, it was funny. I I thought about decisions that had been made by the company that I didn't always agree with um, at the level of management that I was at. And then I became an entrepreneur and I said, ah, now I get it. Yep. That, that made complete sense and why they made that decision. And, um, and so I had to immediately, within three months of starting my business, I reached out and found a, a network, you know, a home improvement network. And I signed up for every 
single conference that I could find in this industry. And I had never been before. I didn't need to. Again, I had my my big company I was working for and head in the head down and charging forward. And um, a lot of my success, 80% of it, is because of the relationships that I've built by networking and meeting people and trying to be as transparent as I possibly can and saying, look, um, we're surviving. We're a crap show right now, and I really need some help. Yeah. And, uh, and guys are so gracious. This industry, I'll tell you right now, probably more than ever, has been so gracious in grabbing guys and laying out their company and what they do and how they do it. And, um, and so that's, that's been a big part of who we are today. So it's great. Yeah. And, and what a, and, and it's a testament to you to be open to that. See a lot, a lot of people, I know when I first started out, I wish I had somebody beating me over the head with this message, go find somebody else that's doing it and just copy them. You know, mm-hmm. we just released a podcast with a guy named Ken Sherman. And I I'm looking, I, I, huh? Yeah, it was good, right? Um, this guy, that's what he's done. He's, uh, we called it copy your way to success, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Ken and I'm thinking about what is it that this guy does? In, I wanted to get him on and talk about it, but this is what he does. He goes and he asks a guy like Brian Elias, hey, Brian, I got this problem. And Brian will tell him, okay, do this, this, and this. Well, Ken doesn't think, well, okay, well, I'll do part of this one, but I can't do the second one, and I'll do part of the third one. No. Ken says he blindly goes and does one, two, and three, exactly what Elias told him to do. And it works. because You know what's great about that? It's getting yourself out of your own way. Right, exactly. Right, it's getting that pride out of the way of right. saying, "Well, you know what? I it's a good idea, but I, I I've I've got this. I'm going to do it." Th- no, he just says, "You know what? I don't know. I don't know everything. This guy's obviously got it figured out. It's not a me thing. It's for the benefit of the company, and my staff, and my and my clients. So, man, I'm going to charge ahead because it works. I'm watching it work." Yeah, you got to get the ego out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's either look, you're either going to have your ego, or you're going to be wealthy pick one, you know? Yeah, there are some people that are wealthy that have big egos. Okay, sure, great. But you know what? If you want to hold on to your ego and you're not wealthy, the minute you let go of your ego and you start making yourself open and available, that's when you're going to really start to grow your wealth. You're not going to be able to do it otherwise. There's two things. I'm watching the clock and we're running a little bit long, but there's two two big things that I that I want to get to. Um, you mentioned training, yes. and today we're in an environment. I mean, it's good and it's bad. We're in an environment where, man, it's hard to get people. I mean, a few years ago, we had we had uh, we needed more leads. We had people. Now we're getting leads. We need people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of what happens is people come and go. You know, they, it's like a revolving door. You you bring some people in, and then oh man, you know, you hear people complain about it all the time. Oh, I can't trust anybody. Nobody's good at at, at what they do. Blah blah blah. Do you have? Well, I'm not going to say do you have because I know the answer. Let's let's fast forward to you don't have that issue as bad as other people because of your processes. Am I correct in that statement? 
Yeah, there was a point where I was really focused on finding the best of the best. Okay. Right. I, I want to find this top sale. I want to find that million dollar producer and I want to drag him into my company and, and, and I want to, you know, if he's working for somebody else or if he's looking to make a change, I want to be right in front of that guy to, to grab him. Um, I've, I've switched my philosophy on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've really gone to what I need to find are people that have the right attributes, yep. that have the right personality profile, the right characteristics of what success looks like. And I'll teach them how to do home improvement. Uh, so one of the things we've done just recently, um, two initiatives. One is that we're, we've been creating an online training platform where it includes videos, PDFs, and quizzes. It's all housed on a, um, a software platform that people can log in. Uh, they can watch training from any one of our divisions. Uh, let's take sales, for example. We have a 10-step selling system. So it'll walk them through not only the why behind the what of each step, an actual demonstration of the step, PDF in case they're more of a reader than they are a video watcher or audio learner, and then quizzes at the end. Uh, as a manager, you can track their progress. You can see what answers to the quiz they got right, what answers they got wrong. Uh, if they got some answers wrong, you know what you can focus on in their next training session. Let's cut our training down, our training time down by 50%. Um, it's enhanced the performance of the current people that we have in those individual departments because they can reference back those best practices when they're struggling with something. Um, and then on the other initiative that we have is we've partnered up with a local university. And we have started to create a curriculum in their sales and marketing departments and using the company as uh, a live classroom. So students wow. will be able to come into the university in an internship uh, the curriculum is geared specifically in, in, in line with our company and what the needs are, as well as the university and what their curriculum is. The students come in, uh, execute, and operate within the organization, and then part of their grade is based on what they're doing here at the business. That's a great way for us to have been able to identify top talent and key players and then say, you know what, Joe's outstanding. He really gets it and then to be able to offer that person a position. One thing we found is we're getting traction from others in the university because when they come in, we're not just teaching them how to work in our call center, um, how to uh, be in the sales department or marketing. It's really how do we pour into that student so that we can teach them about business. So uh, we'll go through the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, We'll go through different leadership training. We've taken some podcasts um, I've got a couple of yours that we've got in that training as well and just teaches them um, about how to be good leaders, how to be thoughtful um, in uh, building their own um, platform of education. Uh, so we want to make that resource available. They can listen to it at school. They can listen to it on a mobile device and they get graded and scored. And then that gets back to the university and how well they're doing. Um, that's amazing. Wow. That's a lot more um uh, that's a lot more than I asked for, but that is friggin' awesome, man. Wow. I'm so impressed with that. Um, let me circle back though to the, to the beginning of, of what you said. And I want everybody to hear what Brian said at the very beginning of this is, um, training how everything is laid out step by step by step. Part of the problem why you're having issues with people 
is because everybody is not on the same page. And Brian actually said it all the way back at the beginning. You said that there's a clear picture of where we're going, of what success looks like. And so when you have that clear picture of what success looks like, and then you've got the process, like the sales process. So a lot of the mistakes that people make um, in this business is they do what you, and I'm glad you brought it up. You made that mistake. I'm going to go find million dollar producers. Well, guess what? That's probably not the best move. They come with bad habits. They come with big egos. They're not as teachable, trainable as uh, somebody young and hungry might be. And so what, the, what you and a lot of my most successful clients are doing now is they're looking for certain, as you said, attributes. If you've got these attributes, I can teach you the system because it's a system. You know, it's like it's, you got to think McDonald's. You know, how do you get a bunch of 16-year-old kids to run a $3 million hamburger stand? Well, right. you got friggin' systems, system, process, system, process, and you teach them the process. And then when they have the process down, and I, I just had this conversation with one of my managers yesterday. I was really like, I, I was really on fire yesterday because they themselves did not follow the process. Mm-hmm. And, and one of their people was on was was a part of that meeting and i and i was as we're and i'm i was a fly on the wall in the meeting and two minutes into it i'm like oh crap he's not following the process right and i was like i was beside myself because it's like wait a minute if you're not following the pro how can you expect them to follow the process and then how are we going to be successful in the future by bringing more people in and telling them, hey, we have a process, and if you follow the process, this is the outcome you can expect. And so this is one of the big mistakes that we that that people make that we I, you know, obviously we made it too yesterday. You know, so it's not perfect, even though you have the system, but you can't be out running leads or on a roof or installing windows and expecting that, oh, everything is gonna work perfectly. You've got to be. Uh, watching this stuff. You've got to be measuring this mm-hmm. stuff. You've got to be listening. And then you've always got to be making improvements. I'm trying to summarize some of the stuff that sure. that you said so many good things. I just want to make sure I get it in before we, we, we actually went over on time, but you know. Well, it, and, and to wrap up to that point, you know, yeah. if you don't have the process, you don't know that they're not following it. That's right. So, so people look at their business and they go, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Why aren't things working out? Why are we not getting to where we should be? Why are we not hitting that goal? Well, at least you don't have a process. So you have nothing to measure. You don't know what the problem is because you had that process. You can go back and say, wait a minute, this isn't being followed. And this is why we're not getting the result that we're looking for. Yeah. So we recruit every single week, regardless whether we need somebody or not. We do interviews every single week, whether we need somebody in that position or not. So that when we identify that we see somebody that we're interviewing that think, wait a minute, that guy has the capability to do better or perform at a greater level than somebody that we have on our team, we want to get that relationship established. So if something ever happens, or maybe we have a low performer that no matter how much we coach, it's just not, we're not getting them up to that standard. We've got the ability to then switch that person out and then get them back into that process and teach them how to do business. Wow. That's awesome. 
Brian, look, you and me can keep going. I, I, will you come back again? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause we got, we got more stuff to talk about. Um, but I think that the information that you've shared today, look, this is another one of those episodes that you got to go back and listen to again. Um, there, Brian dropped in so many, Brian Diamond dropped in so many nuggets of gold in this that, um, you got to go back and, 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 and listen to this again and, and get how, um, it will impact your business and impact your life by, um, having processes in place, systems in place and not having to go. This is one thing that I want to, uh, I, I want to comment too is you said you use the word lonely entrepreneurs are lonely um it's or it's a lonely place well but we're also in a lot of cases lonely and so when we get calls or outreach from other entrepreneurs i say it all the time we're weird entrepreneurs are weird we we're different than everybody else that we are and a lot of people don't get us I mean, look, I hate to admit it, but I think you'll agree. And you don't have to on, on air with us, but I'll say it. I don't have much in common with people that don't own businesses. So if I meet people that don't own an, a business that have a quote unquote job and work for somebody else, I mean, we could have casual, a casual conversation. We can share a drink at an event or something. But as far as going any further than that, it's not going to go any further than that. I mean, my own cousin that I, uh, I love and adore, we have nothing to talk about because right. he works. You know, he works for somebody else, works for a big company. And it's like, there's only so much we have in common. So my point in saying all of this is that reach out to other entrepreneurs, reach out to people like Brian and ask them to help, ask them for advice. And guess what? They're going to be thrilled. Most of them are going to be thrilled that you called because why? Because they're all alone. They got yeah. a whole bunch of people they're working for them, but it's like they're alone. And so reach out, ask for help. Don't make the mistake that I made and figure this out, you know, when you're friggin' 40 something years old, you know, do it when you're young and build the company that you want that's going to serve you and, and serve your life. So anyway, I, I had to say that whenever I hear the word that lonely and entrepreneur, it's like, I, it's the reaction that I have. This replacement business has a lot of great people, a yeah, lot of great people. Really and they, does. And they'll clear their calendar for you at a moment's notice if you just reach out to them. 100%. Yep. And look, and guess what? If you happen upon one of the ones that aren't so great, that are crappy, that have bad attitudes, <laughs> are, don't, you know what? Just call somebody else. Right. It's simple. Just call somebody else. Anyway, Brian, I'll tell you what, man. Um, this was great. I knew it was going to be um, from the minute you and me met. I, I, I was really looking forward to having this conversation. Um, I got to have you back again so we can talk about some more stuff. Um, everybody listening again, go back and listen to this one again. There was so much good stuff in here that, that uh, Brian shared. Um, again, Brian, thank you uh, very much. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. And, um, you know, until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast from G4 Marketing. Thanks, everybody. 
All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305 305- 856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing. Group.